The world around us is changing rapidly, and your job as a fundraiser or nonprofit marketer is evolving with it. We're pursuant. We're built by fundraisers for fundraisers, and we've been in your shoes. So we want to bring you tips and tools that you can use to meet you where you are in your current reality and help you go beyond to where you really want to go. You're tuned in to a pursuant listening experience. Hello, hello, Go Beyond podcast listeners. This is Taylor Shanklin with the Pursuant team. We are super excited to bring you a two-part series with David Breyer, author, world-renowned speaker on branding, and the genius behind risingabovethenoise.com. We sat down with David to get his thoughts on what the best brands in the world do and to give you some ideas on what you could be doing with your brand. I hope you enjoy this series. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Check us out on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. There is a blog that I saw on your website the other day. I was looking at it. You're talking about the three questions every brand must answer. What are those three questions? Okay. So as far as the three brands uh, or the three questions. So the first question is who you need to ask yourself, who are our prospective customers? Okay. You need to be real clear about that. You don't want to be stupid about that. And, uh, you know, like... Some people are like, well, who, well, who are your prospective customers? And you go, well, well, anybody. What does that even mean? Or, or I'm, or let's say, let's say you start to narrow it a little bit, or you say, well, we have a, we have a product, and who's, who's your prospective customer? Well, women. Well, which women? No, you know, I mean, I'll, that's the first thing I'll say. When if you ever get a sniff, a sniff of a generalized idea, you know it's BS. It's smoke and mirrors. What does that mean, women? You're saying all. You're saying all women from a newborn, like a newborn. So you see, or you have someone who's like a two-year-old, a two-year-old girl to a 95-year-old woman. That, that that all of those are your prospective customer based on that statement. False. We already know that that would they wouldn't have shared needs or values. Okay. Well, so we're we talking teenage. Talking. Middle mid middle age. We're talking senior. What are we talking? We're talking retired, professional. Are we talking about upper class, lower class, affluent, not affluent? Are we talking about mothers? Are we talking about uh, professional career women? Who are we talking about? So you got to be. Who are you talking about? Get real about it. Talking about women who love music. We're talking about women who love cooking. <laughs> you know what? What? What women? Okay. So that's just an example. So that's the first thing. So who are our prospective customers? Number two, you need to know what are, what are the values and priorities that those, now that you've isolated who these are. So let's say, for example, we go, you know what? We've developed a product for, or, or let's, let's, keep it, let's keep it in the nonprofit context. Let's go, you know, we're looking for, let's say there's an organization that is in support of animals. Okay? You go, okay, fine. So now what happens is, we go, okay, these are women who are, let's say, between the age, let's say, let's say they're 30 to 60 and they 
they really do love, you know, wildlife. They love, they love protecting animals. They love what that does for the environment and mother nature and all that. They love that. Great. So what are the values? So then only then can you move to question number two, which is what are their values and priorities? Okay. Unless you've answered number one, you can't go, you can't move to number two. Let's say, let's just move it a little bit away from something like that so that people can think conceptually. So let's say we go, well, let's say we were selling something sports gear related. Well, who are our prospective customers? Sports gear related. Well, are they just anybody who has ever had a thought about sports? Someone who just watches sports on Sundays while eating nacho chips and pizza and fried chicken wings? I mean, what kind of sports enthusiast are you talking about? That's going to make a big difference. And so yeah, you, you dig that down. You go, okay, oh, it's actually going to be ones that really, they love running. They love running. They love the outdoors. They love getting air in their lungs. Fantastic. Okay, that helps narrow it down a bit. What's the values? The values of someone who's like that is going to be different than the values of someone who's like, you know what? I only like really hardcore stuff in the gym, right? It's a different set of values. Just that alone. Just that distinction alone will shift the values one to the other, you know? And just like going back to our, our women who love and so, love animals, do they love animals because they want them to live longer lives or do they love them because they want to want to make sure that they mature enough so they become great fur like at the right time when they're ready to buy a fur coat? You see what I mean? That would be like, mm-hmm. you, it'd be a very Big different difference. mindset. Yep. Okay. So one, who are our prospective customers? Two, what are their values and priorities? And then three, who are we and are we a passionate extension of those values? So once we've established one, two, three, now I'll give you a very practical example that many, many of those listening will probably be familiar with. So before the iPad, before the iPhone, and, you know, and before even, I think possibly even before the iMac, was the iPod. It was the little music one. player. The, no, it was, before the, it was before the iPhone. The yeah. iPhone incorporated the iPod. So it was the iPod, which was basically, it was Apple's MP3 player. Now, mm-hmm. let's, let's realize that, so the MP3 player, there already had been three or four MP3 players, but those things being sold, they made the primary mistake of basically thinking that what they were making was important as opposed to what the value to the user was, which was actually the most important thing. Apple didn't make that mistake. So let's look at what Apple did. So we look at this example. Who are our prospective customers? Now, Apple could have said with the initial iPod, they could have said, oh, anybody with ears. Wouldn't that have been a stupid answer? That would have been ridiculous. No, because not everybody with ears shares the same admiration and love of music or other audio experiences as other people. So that's the first thing. That would have been a first major misstep. So you go, okay, that's not going to work. So who are our prospective customers? Okay, it would be then people who dig music, dig audio experiences, maybe could be music, games. I don't know if podcasts, I don't think podcasts have been invented yet, quite yet, when the iPod first came out. So you go, okay, so they dig music. Is there any other criteria as far as who our prospective customer is? Hmm. Oh, there's an entire generation that actually has grown up on technology. They love computers. Ooh, okay, checkpoint number two. Is there anything else with regard to our prospective customer? They love instant gratification. They love being able to download something right now. Wow, 
that really starts to narrow down who our prospective customer is. So good. Now we can move on. What are their values and priorities? They love music. They love the immediacy of it. They love being immersed in it. They love being able to have as big a selection as possible. These are the things they like. So you can appeal to question number two. What are their values and priorities? And they love the ease of use. And they love the portability. Key. Portability. All of a sudden, you didn't, you didn't have to be where your stereo was or where your boombox was. It was now wherever you were. Ooh, that's a big game changer. Okay, cool. So now we're starting to isolate the values and priorities. And then who are we? And are we a passionate extension of those values? Well, we're Apple and, and we created this, this iPod. And how do we summarize all that? With this amazing phrase. After they come out with their ads, which show people like very colorful background. And they're not showing the devices as far as the focal point. Focal point is you and me, the user, and are in that moment of immersing ourselves in music. And what do they close it with? A thousand songs in your pocket. They didn't say more memory, more this, more places to start. No, they didn't even talk about the technology. We knew nothing about it other than it was this cool little white silhouette with these little, little, you know, cords that went to our ears. With these little, it's like, what, what is that? But this person's into it, right? They're having a moment of a great musical abandon. It's something they love. But the thing is, is all of a sudden we become an extension of that. So who are we and are we a passionate extension of those values? And the answer to that was absolutely yes. Because only, only with that mentality could you come up with a thousand songs in your pocket. And of course, when they increased the memory, then it became 10,000 songs in your pocket. And it showed this little device going into the rear pocket of your jeans that you were wearing. So that's an example of those three questions. Who are our prospective customers? What are their values and priorities? And who are we? And are we a passionate extension of those values? That's how that works. Yeah. It's funny that you gave that example because I literally gave that example in a presentation to a bunch of nonprofits like a couple of months ago. And then not too long after, I was cleaning my house out and I found my old iPod. It still works. I have a an old car that has the old port, so I plugged it in. It still works. There you go. Got a bunch of old music on it. It's great. But what you said about the extension of those values is, I mean, it's so key to nonprofits. And in a way, it's like nonprofits have it easy, right? Like because, hey, you're giving to this cause that is an extension of your values too. And I think it was really key that you said that because it's one of the things that we talk with our clients about a lot as well is really understanding those values and those motivations of your supporters or your future supporters yep. and tapping into those. So good stuff. Exactly. Okay. Last question for you. What's the biggest mistake brands should avoid? And it can be an, an a story you've got or just something that you see that's way too commonplace? I would say the biggest mistake is being in any way under the delusion that no one can compete with what they have. That what they have is so unbelievably, it can't be matched, it can't be competed with, Some like being so intoxicated with that delusion. Because it is a delusion. I mean, even the greatest of the greats have competed. There is always an alternative right? It doesn't make less of the fact that even if something happens to be pretty damn amazing, like just quite remarkably amazing, there's still going to be alternatives. 
And unless you, unless you recognize it's, it's kind of like a sobering point because you just need, you need to sober it down just enough to realize people are not going to telepathically get your greatness. People aren't going to telepathically get how awesome you are. People aren't going to telepathically realize, wow, they're the most sincere, genuine, caring people we've ever possibly had the honor to be around, right? It just doesn't, it, you know, that's Hollywood. That's not real life. That doesn't happen. That's not going to be a psychic phenomenon, right? So your job, my job, our any organization's job is to own that reality and go, okay, what do we need to do? What steps do we need to take from a branding perspective, from a branding perspective, from a brand story perspective that allows us to be understood that we're not the same old, same old, that we're not just one more choice amongst the many, and that we are something uniquely different. That's your job. That is your number one challenge as a brand. How do you convey that? How do you cross that threshold of, eh, similar, maybe slightly different? How do you get out of that zone into, whoa, these guys, they don't talk like anybody else. They don't sound like anybody else. They don't smell, taste, look, or anything like anybody else. And really hitting it on all of those fronts. You can do it with language. You can do it with design. You can do it with color. You can do it with motion. You can do it with your brand story. All of those tools, all of those tools are part of the ammunition that any organization has to carve out that difference. And that's the thing that I would say. Okay, one follow-up to that question. So last, last, right? In your work with nonprofits, have you seen one do a really great job at getting into that whoa zone? Oh, absolutely. What was your favorite one? Maybe, or, or a favorite one? A favorite one was um, the United Cerebral Palsy of Philadelphia. They were expanding. They had decided, you know, do we want to continue... We want to continue to be part of the, the UCP, United Cerebral Palsy, because of where they saw they were going organizationally, where they felt that they were expanding beyond that, and that United Cerebral Palsy was not, as an organization, it was not looking to get bigger like or expand its scope. They wanted to still focus on its specific target area. And so that went from United Cerebral Palsy to... This other, basically, it became, it being from Philadelphia, it was the, it was, I'm going to pull it up actually on my, because I, it's just, it was absolutely wonderful. It's, it's something you can actually find. You can find the whole case study on my site. And, it, and it's, it's a, the, the how to rebrand the road trip of a, of a 70, it's a 70 year old profit, by the way, 70 year old nonprofit, 70 years they've been that. Okay. And so I was being asked, can I actually rebrand them and retain some of the legacy, not alienate these donors, some of the donors who have been with them for four, five, six decades? How do we actually still appeal to them while at the same time convey and be a, add more value to the surrounding community? And so anyway, it ended up becoming from, from the USC, and then the visual before and afters is fantastic, but it ended up becoming Blossom. And the whole thing with it being Philadelphia and that being the home of, of where the, the Declaration of Independence was, independence grows here, became the new slogan. Uh, because it was about giving these individuals 
greater independence than they than they really ever would have thought possible. And the the story is beautiful. the The evolution is beautiful. There's a full interview with the executive director that's there, and you get to see the before and the after and how it all works. And it's absolutely. I think it was just incredibly successful. And they were amazed. They were amazed when I, I remember reading it to them. Their response when I read them the brand story, their response was, first, there was dead silence. They were just, you could feel them taking it in. They were like, oh my God, we did it, right? And they said, this is like poetry. I even read like a few, like a few of the bigger, a few of the initial words of the story were, we live in a world where differences often define us. Differences as universal as our fingerprints. Some differences unite us. Some are used to divide and lessen our roles in life. This is why we've created an environment where we see everyone's uniqueness as something that brings us together. Okay, you know, that's just the beginning of the story. But it just sets the stage for just talking about this in a way that's meaningful. And that was a very, very exciting one. Cool. I'll I'll go check it out and I'll link to it on the when I post. It's a great it's a great example. It's a fact. Anybody in the non in non probable they'll they'll read that and they go wow. Even the closing lines of that initial story is we see people not just their challenges and connections instead of lines that divide. With every interaction between staff and clients and between those with and without disabilities, we blur the lines that divide. And so that was, and that was, and that was as a result of a trip that I had taken to visit them and see their organization and the the quality of the organization was fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Focusing on the people, right? Calling that out in that, in that statement. So good stuff. All right. Hey, David, so people can find you at riseabovethenoise.com. Rising. Rising, rising above, excuse me. It is risingabovethenoise.com. They can definitely go there. Absolutely. And they can also, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. They can go and, and they can go to my YouTube channel where I do my one minute Wednesdays. Cause yeah. uh, you know, I mean, they, I mean, there's lots of, there's lots of stuff there, but they should definitely reach out. And if they, if they have an organization that's blending in, they should, you know, definitely should reach out and see if, uh, see if we can actually help them get to get to where they should be. For sure. And check out David's book, Brand Intervention. You can find it on Amazon. I highly recommend it. It's a good read with a lot of, uh, I love your candor and just your no BS attitude about branding. I, I think it's refreshing and really appreciate it. So thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely, Taylor. Well, I'm glad you were able to tap into your dedicated hotline. Me too. I'm going to I'm going to work on figuring out how I get more of those. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, no, absolutely. The pe- people should definitely subscribe. They should go they should go they should grab the the free the free uh, lucky brand like you talked about the the free yeah. ebook lucky brand. Yep, that was so good. rising rise r i s i n g risingabovethenoise.com. Definitely definitely visit and subscribe and and they will there's so much there. So much there. And and like like Taylor said, I mean, you'll get a no, B, no BS. I, I value your time as much as I value my own, and I will not waste your time with jargon and fluff. And <laughs> yeah, the one minute Wednesdays are very good too. I like those. I like those Thanks. a lot. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> Perfect. All right. We'll see you next time, folks. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in with us. Be sure to check out all of the latest and greatest Pursuant resources at Pursuant.com. 
or drop us a line at info at pursuant.com. 